0: All right. So here's how bad I am at math. When I took the SATs in 1987, now this is back when it was like 1600, 800 for the math, 800 for the English. Do you guys remember this? Is it still that way? I don't know. Anyway, that's how it was. So I took the test and I got my score and I went back to my high school college counselor and I told her what I got. And she said, oh my God, that is incredible. How'd you do on the math part? And I said, no, no, that's that's the whole score. So that's it. Uh, I did not chart on the math part. Did great on the English. The math flatlined. Terrible. Why am I telling you this? Because my staff are very well aware I'm awful with numbers. So today, to start the show, they gave me a quiz that involves math. Here you go. My snarky little staff wrote this. Hey, Alex, your guest today on the program has sold how many albums? $10 20 million 40 million or 60 million all right that's a reasonable question not involving too much calculation i'm gonna go with hmm 20 my guess is 20 what's your guess well you don't know because you don't know who my guest is but guess anyway it'll be fun we'll come back with the answer i'm alex green and this is stereo embers the podcast Check this out. And if the world
1: stops spinning there be no sound, no future love Yeah.
0: a band which features my guest today on the program, Jim Kerr. Let me tell you a little bit about Simple Minds and Jim Kerr. But first, we solve a math problem. If you chose 60 million albums, that would be correct. Simple Minds have sold 60 million albums worldwide over the course of their career. Now look, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I got that wrong, But I'm kind of on brand. Anything involving numbers, I get incorrect. So no hard feelings, Simple Minds. When it comes to math, I'm not that smart. All right, back to Simple Minds. Let me tell you a little bit about this band. Well, whether you're good at math or not, it really shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that Simple Minds have sold that many records. After all, the Scottish band have been around since 1977, and since then, they've put out an uninterrupted string of classics like empires and dance new gold dream sparkle in the rain once upon a time street fighting years and their most recent effort direction of the heart with 20 albums under their musical belts plus number one songs like don't you forget about me and belfast child and other accolades like taking home the ivor novello prize the q inspiration award a few mtv music video awards brit awards and american music awards It's safe to say that Simple Minds' winning CV is far too long to be enumerated in full on this podcast. So just trust me on this. Simple Minds are a proper band, and singer Jim Kerr is a proper frontman, a great singer, a man with tremendous presence, and a believer in the democracy of a rock and roll band. Speaking of that new album, Direction of the Heart is a big blast of sonorous pop that rings out with truth and heart. It's yet another classic entry into an already solid gold oeuvre. Now, this is a real treat to talk to Jim Kerr, so let's get right to it. Here's me and Jim Kerr of Simple Minds having a conversation right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. So much to the new album and i i just i love it and then one of the things i'm really in admiration about about your entire career is that you you guys have moved from strength to strength there's no no dip in quality which is which is a big thing to say after a, a such a long career um i guess i guess the it's like asking a magician how you pull the rabbit out of the hat how, how have you managed to do that that's it's pretty admirable well first of all thank you
2: very much yeah i would take that that's a great, great compliment, and and um, and we don't leave it just hanging there. That will encourage us even more in the future. Um, uh, it all it all adds up. It's an energizer. So thank you. Um, you know what? I I I think the first thing is that there's a genuine love for what we do. Um, there's still an element of us that can't believe that we've managed to. Um, essentially have a life out of music now so when you feel like that and when you never really lose that you you know that's because i i don't think that is the case with everyone you know sometimes no matter what it is some people think they can have too much of a, a good a good thing but we're creative people we hit on this thing called music when we were young kids at school and um and we've never I've never fallen out with just what you said there. I don't know about magicians and pulling rabbits out of hat, but I will say that music is still a mystery to us. And while that mystery is there, it's still compelling. So, therefore, um, um, yeah, there's elements of what we do that can be boring or or can be, but essentially. This thing of trying to come up with a melody and an atmosphere and a lyric and and a way to record it—it's something that um, the thrills never left us.
0: And so the 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 hunger is attached to the continuing mystery of the craft.
2: Yeah, well, that's that's for for sure. I mean, I think there's just an element of that's who we are. Um, also, I mean, Charlie Burchill, for instance, my. Songwriting partner he he's one of those classic guys where where as soon as he rolls out of bed before he's even halfway through his first cup of coffee, not that I sleep with him but 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 he he well not yet anyway <laughs> um 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 he's got a guitar around his neck or he's at the piano and that's how I realize now that's how. It's how he meditates, it's how he communicates. So, um, it's there is there's a hunger to try and take this 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 inherent thing that's in us and try and try and shape it into this thing that we call simple minds.
0: Because I was thinking about a band like the Blue Nile, and I was thinking like, well the. You know, there his approach is like four or five perfect albums, and then you never hear from him again. <laughs> very, very small output, um, which is itself a risk. But over twenty albums, and um, and like I was saying, you know, every one of them it just keeps upping the game. Um, it's an incredible feat. Well, funny you say
2: that. I know Paul quite quite well, and and um, being such a huge fan. As I am, and obviously you are. I, I have pressed them on that. I mean, it annoys me. <laughs> that, me too. That there's no. It just. I don't get it. But um, I think he would say. I mean, he's a he's a meek guy, Paul. But there's a slight conceit there. He knows how extraordinarily good they are, and I think it just for some people it comes when it comes. However, we were, we, were, we were always a bit more, um, perhaps aspirational in a different way, you know? I mean, obviously the thing that makes us different, colloquially different there is it simply makes her very much a live entity as well. And so there's, there's almost a sport to that. Every new album's a new season and you want to do well in that, that season. A new album promotes a new phase certain albums from more a new epoch. And and you're you're well, every time you put out um, a record, you're in competition for people's attention with everything else that's going on in the world. But you're also in competition with your last efforts or your earlier efforts. And and you don't want to let the site down. Um, 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 Sometimes you do, you know. Sometimes it's it's not all swimmingly well. I mean, there's there when you're eighteen and nineteen and twenty, there's nothing in our case anyway, and I think in everyone's case, artists, there's nothing else in your life. There's nothing to lose. There's there's so you can dedicate twenty four hours a day to it. And and whether you look at Springsteen or Dylan or David Bowie did, I don't know how many albums in his in in a, a seven year period. He did like twelve albums. Um, right. and touring. Right. It, it was the only thing in their lives and to a degree, um, certainly in the early days, that that was the case with, with us. We had to make space for things to come into our lives um, at the beginning of this millennium. Um, but the kids have all grown up and we had to decide if you're going to do this, its um, you can't do it by halves. You have to really dedicated, and I would like to think some of that effort has come out, um, um, in a new work.
0: My, my sort of mythology about Paul is that in that at home, he's always working on new stuff. That's just my, my mythology. But I think the impression is that he, he uh, is inactive, but I, I feel like that's probably not true.
2: Yeah. I just don't know how he survives. I mean, I, I mean, apart from, you know, I mean, I, 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 maybe he finds some wealthy ladies that look after him. I'm not so sure, um, but 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 um, I don't know how they survive, um, um, because you know um, it's been a long time since you know record companies were handing out um, the kind of checks that um, you know Warner Brothers just. Loved having Paul on on the label, despite the fact that he probably didn't sell that many records. Um, but I don't know if those days still exist. They probably don't.
0: So you were contemporaneous with, with Orange Juice, right? They were they were happening as Simple Minds was getting going too, right? Well, it turns
2: out that our first gig, I've kind of forgotten about this, but our first ever gig, Simple Minds, in Jan, January 1978, we were... We were fourth on the bill. Oh, we were third on the bill. But second on the bill was a band called New Sonics, who then became Orange Juice. So you know, definitely, um, definitely um, from the same era, from the same period. That's a good memory, by the way. <laughs>
0: that's very. That's a so
2: Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been digging through it all. I've, I've been digging through it all. Those, those. Well, those. I mean, you never forget that one. I mean, that was we. We've been on. <laughs> We went on to, it was, it was a January night, freezing cold, dank, um, uh, quarter, quarter full the venue. I would say they used to call them discotheques back in those days. And, um, we went on to the sound of our own feet and, um, thankfully by the end of it, people were jumping up and down and, um, um, lo and behold, We've been active ever since.
0: And by the way, Orange Juice are one of those bands where I listen to them now and I can't place them on a timeline. They seem to exist in outer space. Uh, They're such an unusually marvelous band.
2: Well, the funny thing is, is, you know, I mean, if you were to... Again, a very different thing from us. However, probably the biggest influence on Orange Juice and all that type was developed underground, even the label itself and such. Same with Simple Minds. They're all kind of... um, Although we went about it a different way, but um, uh, because I we lived in different, there wasn't really a scene in Glasgow. Um, that all came came later, and and we were always on the road, so I didn't really get to hook up with Edwin on, until fairly recently, actually. And um, and as as it always is, I was listening just last week to a podcast with Michael Stipe, and and. Um, and obviously Bono's got his book out and there's been a lot of stuff. We all had the same records. We all had all those people who started bands, albeit the bands might have sounded very different. Ludie, Paddy Smith, television, so much of the, so much of the 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 American wave of punk that preceded was was a huge influence on us, as well as the English art rock, the, the Roxy Musics and David Bowie and such.
0: Did you get into the postcard stuff like Joseph K. and and the fire engines and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean they
2: were they were really cool. I mean they were just um, um, how can I say this? Uh, um, they looked cooler than they sounded. They didn't quite have their chops together when you saw them live. I'm um, being a diplomatic here. It 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 always looked. It, it uh, suggested something. They weren't the finished article, but they looked as cool as hell, and the label was was, was cool. But I mean, who am I to talk? Um, uh, um, but, but that was, I mean, we were, you know, we were young bucks, and we would check each other out and think, yeah, that bass player can't play, or, or, or whatever. But certainly looking back, back now, I mean, they, if you take them all, the imagination
0: and all those young kids, it's, it's, it's
2: quite, quite, quite
0: something. Some of them were fully formed, like Roddy Frame seemed like he was born fully formed. Yes. 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 I mean, funny, I
2: just, I, I, I have something recently again from him. I mean, it was probably his hits, but I mean, I, it didn't dawn on me at the time. He, he really had the quality of songwriting right down, uh, um, you know, when it's, um, and very much it was him. You know, the thing is, I say this: I love being in a band. And everyone you've mentioned there, apart from Roddy, was bands. When when it's just you and the guitar, I think you can hone things a lot tighter um, at, at a certain point. And and I think uh, I think I think Roddy very much um, um, knew what he
0: was all about. So you like the democracy of a band. You like that sort of that environment.
2: Well, yes. I mean, I, 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 no, I definitely do, but it's, and it's a good job I do because I would be useless without them. (laughs) Um, 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 uh, um, So uh, Roddy could walk in and play you a song or uh, um, uh, spring singer, play you a song. I couldn't do that. Um, But the interesting thing is I didn't want to do it. I mean, that sounds like a, sounds like an excuse, but it, 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 quite, I quite often consider these days, why didn't I pick up a guitar? Why didn't, it would have helped me more. I could have learned some few chords. There was just something about, I liked, I loved being around talented people. I think I got very good early on at encouraging people who were talented, were beyond the talent that they thought they had. Um, uh, um, I just, I just, I was a fan of these people that were around me. And, um, but they, we were essentially a school band. I mean, we went to school together. and it, it never dawned on me that I could be a singer or something, but it frustrated the heck out of me that, why don't you get a band? Well, we can't find a van or we can't find a rehearsal. I, I was good at joining the dots. and and um, And then the final dot... Charlie said, we're still waiting for the singer to come. I'm only, I'm, I'm only, uh, <laughs> I'm only filling the shoes. <laughs> I, don't, I said, fine with me. I wanted to be the manager anyway, whatever. Is that right? Uh, early on in, that's what I thought I would be. Yeah, I just thought, I didn't dare think I could stand on a stage, but I, I was, um, I, I knew how to, I knew how to put all the other parts together.
0: Yeah, because the through line for me with your work is you look on stage incredibly self-possessed, very comfortable. Um, you know, you look completely at ease and totally in the pocket in that position, even from early on. Is that how you felt or is or was that a. What you say there is all true. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm so into it and I say this almost as a fan.
2: I'm really, really into it. I love the sound that we've cobbled together. I love the sound of Charlie's guitar. I, through the years, all the guys who have worked with other people, I, 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 and when it's coming out, there's, there's uh, the sort of visceralness of it. There's, there's, there is nothing else that um, does that. It's a unique thing. And it, it filled me with a kind of certain energy, certain kind of confidence as well, because I, I just thought it was great. Um, I didn't, it's a different thing. I thought we were great. I'm not even saying that. I just thought it was great. And so when we went on stage, it was like, hey, check this out. Um, 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 and, and, um, uh, and I also felt, if, you know, <laughs> who am I? You know, I'm Joe Blow. If I like it, surely you've got to like it. It was not always the case. Um, and in most cases, it's not actually, but but there was something there, and 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 um, but again, we lucked out because on those first on those early gigs, um, we we were getting a reaction that um, startup bands didn't get. We were getting people were really from from the early days, people were saying you know, promoters and stuff were saying, you've got it, you you you, you have it, you just got to work on it, but but you have it. And um, that was immense encouragement.
0: Was it one of those situations where it's almost like putting on the, on the Superman costume? Were you more confident on stage than you were like in life? Did something happen to you that was transformative as soon as you got on stage? Well, sure, because I mean, you know, adding to what I was saying,
2: it's a corny description, but it really felt that you were, well, first of all, you were in a gang. So, you know, and it was a gang who, everyone else around you, you felt, he's solid, he's solid, he's solid, he's great. So it, it, it was you, perhaps unlike Roddy, where it's just you against, against the world, but you know, he didn't do it so bad. Elvis <laughs> Costello, him against, against the world, but I loved him when he had the attractions, you know, there was a real meanness to it. Um, so there was this boys' own thing, there was a gang thing, back in those days, rock bands, um, were usually, it was usually, you know, the kids from the street or you were a garage band and then, or else, of course, there was a thing in England where people met at art college or something or they met at school. But it was your your gang and, and the sounds that we were producing felt, uh, I don't want to say our a, a weapon, but um, when it started coming out, the speakers, it felt like a it really felt like a wave and if you could somehow get on top of that wave um there was a power there
0: there's that interesting thing where it's like you're that guy on stage which is bigger than life and then you get off stage and you're a father and you have to mow the lawn and you know like fix the sink or whatever you have to do um was it easy for you, the bigger the band got, to make that distinction clearer? Or, or did those two things sometimes, was it hard to, to not be that guy who was on stage? Um, I, I, I haven't had too much problems with that.
2: I mean, I, I what I had is something maybe a bit more, um, a little bit more difficult to explain. It wasn't so much just being on stage or not being on stage. It's just like, even when I was there, I wasn't there. Um because you you know, I was so into it and, and I really was um um it wasn't a nine to five thing. So quite often I'd be present but not really present. And I I realized that, you know, there is a huge selfishness involved in in um I think in being an artist or 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 I I think I think you know you you when you're in the moment, when you're into it, or and as soon as you do get something great, it's almost you know that well, what's next, and and you're 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 always in the process of creating something, and um, people around you, you know, can feel left out and and r- rightly so. So there's sometimes with that, uh, uh, then at a, a later stage in life, you get to realise who you are and you also you meet people who you think well <laughs> you know when i was younger you think well you know you fall in love with someone you get married that's it what's 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 that later on you find well you know i might have fell in love might have got married but that kind of person was never going to fit with the person i am now now that i know the person i am um so you 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 work uh, around it and 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 such but so the answer to your question was it wasn't so much that that um it wasn't so much that that i yeah just head in the clothes perhaps too much when people were looking for you to be practical
0: and how have you sort of curtailed that sort of head in the clouds thing where you're like is it is it a mindfulness thing where it's like when i'm when i'm here i'm going to be present in this situation and whatever i'm thinking about whether it's simple minds or whatever i can push that to the side and be a good friend, or a good partner, or whatever—is that an easier thing as you've gotten older?
2: Yeah, you learn to do that. You, 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 you know, you. Well, well, first of all, there's a point where you realise, hey, not this thing that I'm conjuring up here—that's not enough. You can't make a life out of that. That's too one, one-dimensional. Um, um, so you, you—it's almost, I guess, it's you know, but people could maybe say it even, let's say, a business person, because it is. It is a business just starting up, and they say the early days they worked their socks off. They worked every, you know, it's it's a bit par for the course. Um, you would say, except our par for the coarseness, and usually involves travelling to uh, all corners of the earth and um, that. But yeah, you 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 have to, you have to at a certain point. I mean, we always uh, we kind of joke about it, but you know. <laughs> We could be on tour and they could say, the Atom Bomb's going off tonight, and we'd be like, we've got a gig. <laughs> uh, um, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but what about the gig? I mean, it's, it's kind of, I mean, we literally have play, we've played through, I'm laughing, but I'm, we've played through family deaths and everything, it's just that old corny thing about the show must go on, it kind of... Um, a vocation a calling all that stuff has been part of it and it's like well where does that fit in in real life well i think um i think you eventually meet people who understand and you meet people who have they have their own lives as well and 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 some you find a fit and and um it's worked out pretty good
0: I don't know if you knew the singer of Nazareth. I I chatted with him before he died and he was telling me that he, he preferred the company of fishermen because he was tired of talking about music. He said, a fisherman doesn't care how many albums you've sold. They just want to talk about fish. Um, which I get, do do you prefer the company? Whereas Jerry Seinfeld prefers only the company of comics. Um, how about you do you do you prefer the company of artists and musicians or do you like to sort of have your have your social life be be free of that of those conversations or both
2: but yeah i, I love what dan said then and and, um, and of course jerry's thing is that i'll tell you my mind is quite quite funny the way it turned out because you know in those teenage years being from the background i was from a kind of Soon to be post-industrial Glasgow working class. It was um the pressure was on you if you were male to be a tradesman or 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 you know to work in the shipyards or or and I was really under that pressure. I'm I'm from a family of builders or <clears throat> construction workers. And in fact, I, I even spent the last two years where I was kind of crossover between school and stuff to get money for demos and stuff i would go out and help my dad labor and um and i saw all those guys working and and such and and um the pressure was on to get a trade and um but i knew that that was the la well i felt that was the last thing i wanted you know and certainly the dreams i had um they may have been a common dream to be at a certain point if you love music who wouldn't want to be a rock star if you love football, who wouldn't want to be a football player? But to actually, to actually put it into action, and 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 then start to talk as though you're serious about it, the people around us were like, "Are you crazy? This this doesn't happen here. This doesn't happen to people like us." Because there were very few role models. It wasn't like you could go along to the guy along the road and he had played Wembley Arena and he could tell you about about the pitfalls. It 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 just. It was a dream. It was like you know, you had more chance of being an astronaut, to be quite frank, and 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 so so the the you know the pressure was on to be in that world. Anyway, I took my own path. Lo and behold, whatever happened happened. Um, <clears throat> come um, end of the nineties, um, I wasn't quite sure if the band was going to continue because it was getting a bit tough for us and people were coming and going and and certainly the big peak of the success had had passed and um you know I was like well do I need a plan b here and just as I was thinking that this opportunity to come up to buy a bit of land and build um something and you know it looked like that said, you've got the money, just those are the guys, do it. So I started doing that. And I haven't stopped doing it today before I was talking to you. I was over here in Sicily where um, I've just built an apartment block. So how can I say it? I like the smell of cement in the morning.
0: I'm, um... It makes me feel like your morning has been a lot more productive than my morning.
2: It's, it's something tangible, it's something you could touch. People will always need a roof over their heads. And, and so the, the, the funny thing about, I love it, and I love talking to the builders, and I love talking the back and fro, you know, like um, trying to bargain down the cost of the crane and all of that stuff. I mean, I've, I've been doing it for about 20 years now, and the last 20 years, it's been much more lucrative than music. Uh, um um it's just so here was me turning my back on something that was always there and it turns out I really like it so um um literally I've got my feet on the ground and, and but I love what's that The morning love the night before I'm wide awake I'm thinking
1: of you How no one in this universe could make me do that you do is no other reason why you'd ever stop believing in me You took me to another world and told me about the things that you see if You have the gift can you give it a I could find no solution inside
0: It's very cool that that sort of industrial Glasgow thing sort of resurfaced in a totally, totally different way than maybe you would have feared when you yeah. were a kid, right? Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Well, when we grew up, it was like, "No, it's over. It's over. This is." um, I mean, the uh, you know, I have to say up front, I love my child. Um, I just did, I didn't know any other childhood to compare it to, but there was a lot of love in the house. People around us were good. Teachers were good. Um, there wasn't extra money for things, but, um, but we, you know, everyone had the same amount of money in that. Everyone had the same thing. Our football team were doing great. Um, you know, it was all. And, you know, man was landing in the moon and, um, it was the modern world. Um, it was, it was a great childhood, but, um, I, I sensed that, um, I went on a school trip to Italy, which of course is where I am now at the age of 13. And right then I had the sense of, um, I had a sense that there would be no going back for me, you know, for some people, the world. Ends at the bottom of the street. For other people, it begins there. Um, and certainly Glasgow. And you know, looking on it now. It was compared to Italy. It was mo- monochrome. And, and um, whereas here there was the sensual worlds, the colours, the art, the food, uh, um, you name it. Um, and 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 around about that time, started hitchhiking. Not something people do now, but um, um, and to a degree, curiosity and all those things played a huge part. But but thankfully, the, you know, Glasgow was never going to keep me anyway, but it's so great to see that Glasgow did manage to hustle together some other kind of existence um, once those heavy industries closed down because it, it was bleak for a while.
0: Yeah, because like on those Joy Division albums, you you hear a Manchester that doesn't exist anymore. On those early Simple Minds yes. records, is there do you hear an industrial Glasgow that no longer exists? Um, that's a good question. I think. I mean, I, I I I particularly hear it
2: in those those Joy Division. I mean, if ever if ever there was a band, and I mean this in the best sense, captured the gloominess of that Northern England weather. um um, it's it's right there um i don't know if if it's something that interests you i just finished it recently but the journalist paul paul morley wrote a great book on factory owner tony wilson Mm. and and i i i get the impression i might be the only one that's finished the book (laughs) because (laughs) it's pretty self self self-indulgent but tony wilson Tony Wilson really did something, you know, encapsulating that Manchester um, um, vibe and factory records and the sound of all those bands.
0: Yeah, he did. He really did. And he harnessed something, that sort of dark energy that was bubbling um, in that in that area so well. And then, of course, later on, when you get to the Stone Roses, that's gone That because it becomes a much more vibrant, artistic, friendly community. Um, and so it no longer—it's a, it's,
2: it's a different drug, different drug. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always a drug. <laughs> there's always a drug, whether it's alcohol or worse, whatever. But it's—it's it's ecstasy, you know. It's, it's like you know, it didn't suddenly stop raining in Manchester, but suddenly people <laughs> wanted to—people wanted to go in a field wearing yellow T-shirts and beach hats and
0: and um um. Yeah, it was a different drug. Yeah, that whole baggy uh, late 80s, early 90s movement, you must have looked at that with some curiosity.
2: We did. I mean, it, it, it was we saw that coming over the, the hill, and we thought, this is going to be tough. Um, um, you know, it's, it's going to be tough anyway when you've been, you know, one of the bands of a generation. You're going to get it in the neck from the next... Generation, because that's just the way it goes. Um, um, but um, but yeah, when that when that you know the world moved moved on. Did you like the roses? I, I didn't think they could play. You see, we're always we're so so snooty about this. They just couldn't play. So that's always a kind of um, you know John Leckie did the album, and and the guy had pretty nice. Uh, guitar sound but they couldn't play or sing which is kind of Stooges could play you know they could blurry I mean they could fucking play yeah um so so there's there's always that but I like the attitude
0: yeah the attitude the attitude came first someone gave me a bootleg of them in like 89 and it's almost unlistenable <laughs>
2: <laughs> well I mean you know kind of um they can be good and listenable, and then there's just unlistenable um um but that's always that that's i guess what i'm saying that's the bogus test for me that's the bogus test where you go they can't fucking play um um it's it's and when, what i mean is it's not making me feel anything it's it's uh style over content but you know I, I know there was good tracks there. I know there was I know there was there you know there was good tracks there. John Lecky, he produced Earth Force album produced that and 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 stuff but um no, but it wasn't like say Nirvana when you hear it's like wow, it's right there, you know there, there it
0: is the melody's there that was another trend that was coming over the hill that was going to upend everything as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> it's it's I mean it's it's
2: it's funny the way it goes. I mean, I guess the 80s, I guess the 80s in its way, everything was a bit aspirational. well every not everyone was joining in with it, um, um, but it was aspirational and MTV videos, you know, everything was expensive. Everything was bigger and bigger. Um, everything became Colossus, live aid, and stuff. And, you know, that was pretty exciting, I have to say. Um, so it kind of, um, it, it's just the way it goes that the thing that comes next will be down home, to say the least. Um, um, Whether, say, screw the lot of you, Neil Young's the only guy who counts. And, and, um, but, um, but then when you see people like Eddie Vader and stuff, you see him delivering, it's like, wow, he can do it. You know, he can do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: You know, one of the things that as a, as a teenager growing up in, you know, in the San Francisco Bay area, Simple Minds and the Water Boys were two of my, two of my favorites because it was beyond aspirational it was so ambitious like you guys were swinging for the fences and beyond and um you could hear the ambition and it was exhilarating and actually infectious to be honest it made me feel aspirational um you know i always saw you guys in tandem though i think later on, obviously you you became different in my brain but at the time i always i always bundled you and the water boys together because the music was so big and so flooded with yeah. ambition yeah i mean i
2: suppose i mean i, I when i look at me more young guys and it was like uh, we could only articulate what we were trying to do and what we we're trying to say to a point because it was still actually forming in us um but but you know when you look at the song titles new gold dream themes for great cities not themes for shitty cities
1: right. themes for great cities
2: i mean it it, it, it it was you know promised you a miracle someone somewhere and some are saying um there's hope mm-hmm. you know there's 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 hope there's belief belief in what B- you believe that there's something worthwhile around the corner that there's something better out there that there's something of interest that there's something transformal, um um and 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 these words were all produced by for me uh, emotions that i found in the music my job was always to apart from the obvious thing of come up with a melody or come up with a a, a a blend of melodies my my thing was to come up with pictures that i felt was already in the music and and that's where you get into you know well how why and and that's we all we all we all pick up on music in, in different ways but i i could hear those images in the music i could feel those kind of emotions the world felt a good place when i it made me want to get up. Um, um, so, you would write words that would try and um, express those kind of sentiments.
0: Did you know Mike? Uh, and, and were you competitive at all with the Water Boys? Were you a competitive guy in that way? <clears throat> Mike, the, the, the tour,
2: Mike, um, I think we did two tours together. We we definitely did two, I mean, did, done three. Um, you know, he was a bit like Roddy, although the you know he put together a great band. It was all about Mike, and and um, yeah, I remember another pretty face, which was the the uh, precedent, and going to see him, and he had the leather jacket on and a and a, and a striped T-shirt, and 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 um, he he had his vision then. Um, um, I think. <laughs> The thing that I sometimes found hard with him um, was, I, I just mean this, looking at him, and say, I, I could never find the joy. There was obviously joy in it for him, but he, he didn't transmit that um, uh, um, often. And that would sometimes... I, I wondered if he was enjoying it when we were on tour and so stuff. I would always wonder if he was enjoying it. And, and then, because he didn't communicate too much, but he would come at the end. And I've still got the books on two occasions. Um, um, give you a gift, thank you very much. I really liked it, it was great and stuff. So he, he had a weird way of showing things, um, but, a, but a great, a great writer, um, a really great, great writer and, and um,
0: very much an artist. That's kind of a tender gesture, actually. It's kind of kind of a sweet thing to hear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. you know, you think, oh fucking Mike doesn't like
2: us, or Mike doesn't <laughs> like like this, or or I mean, but you know, sometimes you know, sometimes being an opening band, and he had his own ego as well. Um, um, we'll do. But um but I was a fan. I watched them most nights. I I, I remember that I would stand, I would go down early most nights, and I don't know how many times I watched them. Um, um it was so good, him and Steve. Um, uh, um, and then it was great when he had finally got that, well, certainly in Europe, anyway,
0: UK, we did that big, big hit, Hole of the Moon, and what a great song that is. Yeah, I mean, really a timeless classic. I think it's a well-worn, I mean, it's just a, an absolute classic. Amazing, just amazing, yeah. just the,
2: the, the lyrics, poetry, just like, where did that one come? Where did that one come from? Where's the next one? Um, 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 you know, something, Edwin Collins, um, Girl Like You it's like, where's the next one? Um, um, uh, you know, where did that come from?
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a remarkable track. You mentioned your your father, were your parents supportive of your pursuit of the arts? Well, in the sense that, that um, funny I'm saying, my dad, being
2: a construction worker, that was very common. What wasn't common was that not many working class guys, construction workers, would go to the theater, or or would 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 read all the Russian classics and stuff. And and um, and um, books in our house were so. Yeah, he would say when you were young. I mean, I I remember this. I remember this. I would have been six and I remember him taking me to the local library and we, you know, joined the library and my little hand with a ticket and and him saying to me, you don't know how lucky you are. You don't know how lucky you are. What you have in your hand here, how many kids in the world, blah, blah, blah. The library's still there. and 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 that he, you know that was him for the rest of his life. But in terms of show business, which is which is a different thing, um, to you know. But I think what he saw there was, as I was saying earlier, there was a resistance because I guess they thought we'd all gone nuts with pink hair and uh, eye shadow and all this stuff. But I remember he. he well, actually, here's the proof. I remember going into him. he he'd been outside in the cold the whole day, and I I chose the worst time. He come back, and I uh, I went in and I bumbled this whole thing about, you know, can you can you give me a hundred pounds? I think I said a loan, but and a um, hundred pounds then was you know that would have been a week's wages or something um, um um and he he said what and and uh i explained well this band and we need money to make a demo and did it do and i was excited and then i'm going to check to london and i'm going to go to the record company He was just sitting when waiting, waiting for his dinner <laughs> i remember him saying to me are you mad and and and, um, and I thought well that's that that was a Tuesday um, on a Friday the money was on the table and we uh, we made the demo I hitchhiked to London and we got got the deal um, um, unfortunately <laughs> he kept saying he never got the hundred pounds back and uh, it should it should be with interest <laughs> um, <laughs> But but um so and I asked him later on why did you do that why did you you know because I was mad I was nuts I didn't have a clue what I was doing um I, I some guy in a record shop gave me the address of record companies and yeah yeah you just go in and <laughs> they'll listen to your demo and stuff oh great boy was I in for a shock but but um he said no I could see he said. I could see this thing that you and Charlie were doing. How um, you were so into it, and I thought it was great that at that age you 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 were so committed to something. Um, um, because you know it, it 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 was it was a hustle hustling equipment, hustling bands, hustling places to rehearse, um, um, hustling for petrol money to get from one place to the other and and I guess him standing back here
0: I thought that was really impressive I, he told me you must have been pretty surprised when that money was on the table oh it was
2: well he was always a great guy and 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 he although I say they're 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 um he was they they worked hard in the summer they made a lot of money in the summer they worked every hour of the day winter when it rained it got tough but um, but it was still a lot of money, and and um, and um, yeah, he uh, well actually, dad passed away during the making of the last last record, but um, but yeah, even at the end, he said, "Where's the money?" I said, "It's coming, it's coming."
0: <laughs> it's a beautiful story because he got to see, you know, that little investment it sure went a long way.
2: Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And they were so proud of um not necessarily they would, it was great we were able to take them well also able to change their lives in some ways too, because we lived in a tower block in Glasgow and it was starting to get pretty rough. Yeah, heroin was coming in into the city and all that, and um, we were able to change things there once we got success for them. So um yeah he but but they um i tell you the 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 greatest thing was being able to take him in places and well he was at alive he came out, out to philadelphia and to be able to take him to new york first thing he wanted to do in new new york off to the library to the library Man. Um. Um. and i mean he was just he was just uh he just, just liked that
0: That's a really beautiful story. And that's um, how it comes full circle back to the library. It's that's that's really beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. My sense about you is that you're a really good collaborator. Um, I I mean, again, it's just my own sense, but I I feel like you we talked about the democracy of a band and the gang uh, and the safety of that number. Um, But I feel like there's a real thrill and a joy for you um, in collaboration. Well, there certainly is, and that even goes, goes back
2: to the things I was saying today. I mean, as you know, I, I whether it's Simple Minds or other ventures I've done, I always do them in tandem with people. Um, I I think I am, uh, I like to collaborate because, I, as I said, I like talented people. Um, I'm in awe of talented people, whether you're a craftsman or a... Or, uh, uh, or a mother who's, who uh, you know has got to deal with three kids or something, but 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 um, I th- I think I can, I think I can empathise. When I walk in the room, I've got a quite a good whatever you want to call it radar or, or something about what someone's thinking and what what they're maybe needing or lacking. Or or whatever. Now, where I, it's not even arrogance, it's not. Well, I I can fix that. I, but I just uh, the the challenge of finding the missing piece is alluring.
0: Are you a pretty? Would you consider yourself to be a extroverted person? Do you you like social situations?
2: People would tell you. um, People, I spend a heck of a long a lot of time alone. So I I. I'm not really one for parties or birthdays and all that. I'm useless at, at that stuff. But if we are going out for a night or or, or something, or or and I, I I'm interested in people's stories. So I like people's stories. So I I, I do like I like people, but I'm, um. Going back to that thing I've seen, I'm I'm a bit selfish still. with you know? How about a week and Tuesday? I don't know how I'm going to feel a week and Tuesday. Um, um, uh, um, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, I am um, on uh, Sunday. I will fly back and I have a week with my kids and grandkids and um, their friends and all that stuff. I'm really looking forward to it, organizing a lot of good stuff and places to go and all that really looking forward to that. that's that's family um um uh, the the i guess the thing especially especially when you're a Brit, i'm an unusual in as much i don't drink and every you know british people it's all about drinking i mean it's it's all about jobs oh, should, should go for a drink or 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 and so i just i miss out on a lot of things because um i'm i'm not interested in going to the pub or after a gig i i go to my room or that and then i hear god that sounded like a great night i missed it but i probably saved my voice for the gig um um so you know so i'm not i'm not social in that in that sense but but I think walking down the road into town the day to buy vegetables, I don't know how many people I spoke to on the road Um, and neighborly. Have you always been a non-drinker? Yes, I'm not one of these guys that was heavy and gave it up. I, I tried to drink when I was young and just realized it really wasn't for me because I... I just felt horrible. I felt horrible. And, and and I just knew it wasn't for me. It wasn't enjoyable. So so I, I stopped trying to be a drinker at, at um, uh, the early
0: stage. And there's so many casualties in rock and roll that there's so many cautionary tales that I imagine you observed. Yeah, I mean, that's,
2: that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, when we grew up as well, what we said earlier, there's always a trouble. And certainly when we grew up, there was a kind of innocence. Oh, drugs. That's what the Rolling Stones take. That's what Keith takes. You know, that's what cool people take and all that. And certainly, I, I, I definitely dabbled with lots of stuff. Um, but as soon as I knew I was going to be a dad, that was the end of that. You know, when you're responsible for, you can do all this stuff when you're only responsible for yourself. I and mean, even that's a reckless thing to say. But um but it's always been there, you know, I mean, artists have always, the, the myth of artists and, and stuff, it's always been a, a,
0: a um, yeah, something to help, a little extra. Uh, uh, you must surely have a, a vice somewhere, a uh, chocolate cake or. <laughs> oh no!
2: No doubt about that. Keep that pizza away from me. <laughs> um, I don't know. I like the good stuff. I'm not. A, I'm not by. I'm, by no means am I. Um, um a monk. Um, um, so no, no. Um, that's a great thing. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'd say. Uh, yeah you just can't go wrong with a great piece of chocolate. can't go wrong with bread and can't go wrong with bread and cheese, can you?
0: No. And you're located geographically in a place where I imagine there's great bread and cheese. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. right. Um, I, I, I'm friends with Justin from Delmetri. He was in Berkeley in April. And he was telling me about being from Glasgow. there's a certain like way you walk down the street. There's a certain attitude that you see. Um, And I didn't quite understand what he was talking about. Is there a kind of attitude? I know there's that sort of Mancunian one that we were talking about with the Stone Roses. If you go to Glasgow, do you pick up on a certain, is there a certain way people comport themselves, at the young, younger folks and the way they sort of, an attitude that you see?
2: I think there would be. I mean, you would, if I said to you, is there a Boston look or is there something, you would, there would probably, yeah, there's definitely a New Yorker. Or or whatever. There are certain, I guess, cliches, but they're not cliches for nothing. Um, I guess with um, it's funny you mentioned Man uh-huh. Manchester. They're one of the one of the other bands I love from Manchester is Elbow. Are you a fan of Elbow? I love Elbow. Um, they're, they're just incredible. And and he the title of the song is here right now. But he he wrote a great song where he mentions um the kids in the street with their simeon walk um um you know that kind of liam Gallagher, wh- whatever um um yeah glasgow had a bit of a kind of hard man walk it was a bit of a kind of don't fuck with me walk that that um yeah, when Justin was growing up, that was it's probably less prevalent now. But um, the a thing
0: in Glasgow is everyone's called Jimmy or Jim. So I'm very typical. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And what is it like being being, you know, from Glasgow, but living abroad, living in, not in the country where you're from? Do you feel your your cultural identity shift a little bit? I mean, I think I think the rock you're
2: made out of is always there. It's always there. But but but, um, but you're definitely. I mean, with the amount of traveling we we've, we've done, it would be absurd not to be influenced. Um, um, uh, people say to me in Glasgow, you've lost your accent, you've got this accent, it's a sort of mid-Atlantic. What do you expect? I haven't been in Glasgow. And if I did walk around the world with a deep Glasgow accent, no one would have fucking word what I was saying. <laughs> um, so, so of course I had to put the brakes on it at certain points. Or, or so, so you, you, you know, that's kind of symbolic. Your accent gets... Get them blended or your mannerisms or, or whatever. My partner for the last 25 years is Japanese. My son's English. My nephew's French. We had a little great nephew born in Sicily this week. I married an American. Um, off, we've traveled far and wide of state. Of, I would. Uh, I say it's only a positive thing. I speak Italian. I wish I had learned other languages. Um, um, it's, but but I'm still very much Glasgow. I, whatever that is, whatever that means, I think that are. You're shaped by a certain time and a place, and, and and even the values. You you might drop them along the way, but they're still kind of there, ready to kind of. Poke their head up at different times. Um, um, I mean, actually, I haven't said here what I am in Sicily. Really, it's it's um, southern Italy's very different from northern. And not only Italy, you get a lot of what we call expats: Brits, Swedish, Germans, and they're all in beautiful Verona and Florence and all round the the communities and and they can go and live there but still you go to a British pub or something like that there's nothing like that here there's very few expats so you have to get on with the locals okay that makes sense the point is the, the locals here are not great at accepting outsiders so you really have to be a type that gets on and to get on, you got to go with their mentality, because they're not going to change for you. And people say to me, it's amazing how we've pulled this off that because um, um, a lot of people come down and they just don't get them and then they have to go back home, you know, but whether it's the bureaucracy or whether it's, Today is the same day, everything's closed, and and you just have to get on with with it. And and, um, uh, one of the things Charlie and I like to think has been a success is that we we do get on with people. Most of the people who work with us are road crew, all those people, they're all people that's worked with us for 10, 15, 20 years, Um, we get on.
0: And does Sicily feel like home now?
2: It, it does really. I mean it it uh, if I they've accepted me, so that's a big part of feeling at home. Um and when you're in a small town, that's a big deal. Um um and they've accepted me as in me, I don't mean as this rock star guy or whatever. Um um but when you get up in the morning and you look out and well, right now, Mount Etna is snow-capped, so you've got a blue sky, you've got snow on top of a volcano. Two nights ago, there was lava coming out the volcano, so you had fire and ice. And it's mind-blowing. And, and um, you know, you get good weather in the Bay Area and stuff, but but um, when you feel the tap rising, you think, yeah, I'm going to be here.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a very dramatic and beautiful image that you painted.
2: Yeah. Lava, snow. <laughs> yeah, fire and ice. I mean, it's, it's it's the Flintstones.
0: It's the Flintstones. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's um not only is it really nice to talk to you, but the the exhilaration that I felt as a young man in 1986 at your music. I feel now that same exhilaration with the new music. and that to me, is just such a beautiful experience that you your body of work has yielded. and i um I can you know i'm I'm so i'm I just marvel at your at your work
2: well, if you had told us when you were a young man, you were that you liked the music as much as you obviously did, um I'd have been thrilled. and we're thrilled now, so really lovely talking to you.
0: Thanks, buddy. I appreciate your time.
2: All right, pal. Bye-bye.
0: How about that? Lovely guy, Jim Kerr of Simple Minds. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Get the new album, Direction of the Heart. It is wonderful. Like everything they've ever done, buy it. Simpleminds.com. Go there. Pick up some music. Maybe buy yourself a hoodie. I don't know if they have hoodies. I'm assuming there might be a hoodie on that site. You'd look great in a Simple Minds hoodie. Should they exist? Go there and find out. And, uh, and get yourself one. Uh, also, find out where the band is touring. Follow them around if you feel up to it. Quit your job and uh, just roam around following Simple Minds in your hoodie. You don't have to commit that much, but buy the music, get some merch, go see them play, have fun. AlexGreenOnline.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with me. No hoodies, but there will be a new book in May of this year, a couple months away, The Adventure Teen All-Stars is the name of the book. More on that in the coming weeks. Bombshellradio.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with us. Just how does this radio station keep ticking? Well, that website will answer all those questions. Follow me on Twitter, at Embers Editor, or follow me on Instagram, at Embers Podcast, or email me, editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Don't forget, Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available On every single podcast platform on the planet. I'm as sure of that as the existence of a Simple Minds hoodie. I'm pretty sure that's true, but it may not be totally true. But anyway, we're there on most podcast platforms uh, that you can find. If you can find one we're not on, uh, let us know and we'll remedy it. I don't know how, but we will. Let's close the show with a longer listen to First You Jump from Simple Minds' new album, Direction of the Heart. Enjoy it, and thank you as always for listening. To Stereo Embers, the podcast only right here on Shell Radio.
1: And if the world stops spinning, there'd be no sound. No future love, only days behind. I call on you, no matter what you put me through. Crimson red, hear the memories All you said, I call on you No matter what you put me through First you jump, then get wings Escaping all that hurt you The trauma's that to put you through